When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yes, and uh, it is official what we all presumed. Kevin O'Connell naming Nick Mullins the new and fourth starting quarterback, right? Yeah, because Jaron Hall started a game. Dobbs, Cousins, the fourth starting quarterback for this 2023 Vikings season. We'll dive into what Kevin O'Connell said our thoughts on it will tee up. It is mock season now. The mocks are ramping up now that the college football regular season's over. Dude, mm-hmm. CBS Sports is already at 4.0. Before the first of the year, they're at 4.0 on their mocks. Is that And that doesn't like reset in the new year, right? So they're going to be like at what? 20 12? something? 12? Yeah. I don't know. Like how many mocks do you? Wow. Interesting. It, there, there's going to be at least like another one before the combine maybe two right and then there's got to be at least one right after the combine and then there's the pro day mocks and then there's the yeah. i mean we're, we're talking double digits for sure this is yeah. like a uh, matt hardy v1 you know v, matt hardy version 1.0 like where do you where do you go from here in my opinion with these yeah. mocks we're we're gonna find out with with cbs judd why don't you tell the audience about your favorite neighborhood sports bar park tavern yeah. Yes, I, I was going to say that's the official sports bar of the Sports Dad Park Tavern. Look at that right there. Bowling. You say bowling. That's exciting. I say, uh-uh, eat, eat, drink, party, bowl. Park Tavern, it's got everything. Yes, bowling's only the start. It's got two bars. It's got all of the games on. Uh, delicious beers on tap. Great food. Park Tavern is the place to go. It is a place to gather as well. Park Tavern has... Not just a small, like if you're like, I gotta, I'm gonna throw a company party and you know, I 20 people or so out park tavern. Guess what? That is easy, easy, easy. We're talking 40, we're talking 60 people, we're talking big groups here. Uh, park tavern's got it all, plus a special right now on holiday gift certificates, which are great to give as as gifts. Park Tavern, located in my neck of the woods here in St. Louis Park, parktavern.net is the place to go uh, to book an outing, to check out all of the uh, delicious menu, to check out all of the beers. Parktavern.net is the place to go. And uh, before we dive in here, shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, Federated As I always say here, it's like having a great offensive line for your business. Think about how you can elevate your business through risk management. Sometimes it's not, you know, when you're talking about profit margins and growth of your business, yes, there's adding to the top line, but there's also just avoiding the risks and making sure that you are protected in the right way as a business. And that's where Federated comes in with over 100 years of experience dating back to 1904. They're based in Owatonna. They are one of us, so to speak, as Minnesotans. 
And you can find out all kinds more information at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Here's what Kevin O'Connell had to say. I'll read you guys part of this transcript when asked about the quarterback situation and the change to Nick Mullins. He said, when we lost Kirk Cousins, we were four and four. We're now a game over 500. So they're playing above 500 football. As, as weird as that sounds based on what we've seen recently, they are playing above 500 football. Now, for the better part of four games and three quarters, Dobbs led us to three wins. There's a lot of teams in this league that when they lose their starter, it takes a lot to overcome that and continue pressing onward, which I agree with. I think most teams would, would die to be above 500 over like a month and a half, right? I think Josh understands the process and where we've been at. I think he has respect for the opportunity he had, keyword had in the past, and some of the really good things that he did. In communicating with him, I just want to make sure he knows exactly what the thought process is. The idea was to make sure that there's full transparency with these guys. So he sat down with Josh, basically said, I don't know. Hey, uh, you're not accurate enough. You're a little little bit of a beat late on some of these reads, and you fumbled a million times, too. Uh, I do believe Nick Mullins gives us the best chance to win the football game this Saturday, and that's the decision we made. So what are your thoughts on just his explanation and his decision to go with Nick Mullins? I think it's entirely fair. And look, he gave Dobbs, I mean, he could have benched, and I'm sure that you could make a case that he should have, but he could have benched Dobbs after the uh, debacle against the Bears. And nobody would have batted an eye. Like, like it wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're pulling the rug out from under Josh Dobbs. He gave him an incredibly fair chance. He worked with him through the bye week. Like, everything. O'Connell is the anti-Zim, right? The reactionary, I hate quarterbacks guy in Zim. Um, this is the anti-that. This is the guy who who clearly sympathizes because, you know, Dobbs is a, what, a fourth-round pick who has bounced around. Now, he has actually played quite a bit, but O'Connell was a third-round pick who sort of bounced around, too, and didn't play much. But the point is, I think this is incredibly fair. And I think what we saw, and I do not expect Nick Mullins to be the magic elixir here, but I think what we saw on Sunday, where he just came in and sort of stabilized things, yeah, you have to go to, to him. And you can't tell me that there were people in that building after the Bears game who said, make the change. Because there, there was a case, rightfully so, to have been made that when Cousins got hurt, if Mullins hadn't been on IR with a back problem, Mullins steps in then. Yeah, that was the plan for yeah. two years, right? So so I think that, you know, you use the term that you want, intentional, fair, um, everything that the Vikings have done here in, you know, what is a tough predicament. Like, I mean, this does suck. And it sucks for every team. That, that has a prominent starting quarterback go out. I think the Vikings, I think that the head coach has been incredibly fair. And I think it would be a disservice to the locker room if you actually said, let's give Josh Dobbs one, one more, another one more start. Nick Mullins is obviously a capable backup, and that's why you traded for him uh, two off-seasons ago, or two summers ago, I should say, um, to make a spot start for you. And now here you are with the NFC wildcard picture kind of, again, falling backwards as the Vikings kind of hold serve and basically are in the driver's seat to not even have a wildcard spot. They could win the division still. If the Lions lose these next two games, which are losable, and the Vikings win their next two games, all of a sudden the NFC North is completely up for grabs by the end of the year, which is just mind-blowing. Um, but here's where I'm at because 
I think Nick Mullins obviously should play, and it would be a disservice for that locker room to go to Dobbs and a little bit too of Jaron Hall. But is Nick Mullins the guy? Like long-term, is Nick Mullins the guy? No. Is he part of your long-term plans? Correct. No. Right. Rhetorical question. But no, he is not. If Jaron Hall is part of your long-term plans, I think you're just kind of playing ping-pong with yourself of the classic what quarterback are we going to have going forward if it's just Nick Mullins to put a Band-Aid on a thing to be a wild card and out team? When you have Jaron Hall, who's a rookie quarterback and maybe part of your future, I would rather see Jaron Hall get significant playing time. I get why it's Nick Mullins, but if Jaron Hall is part of your future, saying Nick Mullins is our guy too, in my opinion, is just kind of a conundrum that you're just slapping yourself over the head over and over again. Well, what they're saying is Nick Mullins is the best quarterback to win a game on Saturday against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I, I, I literally think that's their motor. Right? I don't think I don't think the bigger vision of like, where is this thing going in a three-year window? I don't think that conversation is being had right now. And even if it was being had, and I'm with Declan largely in that I would love to see some Jaron Hall in the next month. And he's probably the next guy up. My, my guess is Dobbs goes back to the sort of the back of the line, third quarterback, and Jaron Hall is, is the backup. We'll see what, what the depth chart looks like on Saturday. But if Jaron Hall was impressive enough since the draft to be the best guy to win a game on Saturday, I think he'd be the guy starting on Saturday. Like, they don't, they don't they didn't make any promises to Nick Mullins. It's not like in his contract that, hey, if he's healthy and he's the backup, he has to play in this game. So the only thing they're thinking is, who's the best quarterback for Saturday? Now, I'm going to flip over to Declan's side here for a second and say, if you zoomed out a little bit and you asked the question, okay, whether it's Mullins or Hall, how far are you really going to go this year? I mean, there's still a question of them making the playoffs. I think it's like a 60% chance right now, and they could still win the division. So all of that's in front of them, and they should go chase that as long as it's in front of them. But if we're being realistic from a front office standpoint, they're not like going into San Francisco against a fully healthy 49ers team. They're probably not walking into Dallas against a healthy Dallas team if that's the game they have to play like in the second round. So... What what are we doing? Is there a way where we can get a look get a look at Jaron Hall for the future, and still have a chance to win a couple games and get to nine wins and and grab a wild card spot? So, I get why they're doing it with Mullins. I agree with Declan, and that I would like to see some Jaron Hall in the next month. So let's talk about trust here, okay? Because I, I think that there was a very fair conversation, especially with the Spielman Zimmer regime, about trust like quarterback wise. And this is going to sound probably more uh, uh, derogatory than I mean it to, but I think there got to be a question of, do you really know what you're watching here? Like, like with Kirk, I mean, Kirk is, but like, like when it came to like the draft pick of Mond, I think the trust was one, do you have any chance to develop him? And two, do you know what you're like scouting? Do you know what you're watching here? Um, so my point in saying that is this though. I think if Jaron Hall consistently behind the scenes again, stuff we don't see, looked good enough, to your point, Phil, he would start. So, like, until O'Connell, like, unless Jaron Hall comes out eventually and lights it up and looks like the next Purdy, right? Like, because that's the, that's the comp. Late-round draft pick, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but until Jaron Hall does that and proves that O'Connell sort of didn't know what he was watching, which I don't believe to be true, um. I'm with you guys. And I think most fans would say, yeah, Jared Hall would be way more fun. And like, if he's good, he's good. That's awesome. And, De- and Dex is right. I mean, 
Nick Mullins is is the finger in the dike, and eventually it's going to bust and it's going to suck. But the but the point is, I'm going to trust Kevin O'Connell and this regime on quarterbacks until they prove they don't deserve my trust, because that's why when it came to like Spielman and Zim, I said I don't trust them. And like the whole point, I'll go back to it. I think, I think a huge part of the reason why O'Connell got that job is because everybody realized who, you know, besides our OCs here, right. Who come and go all the time at the time, who really knows about quarterback play mm-hmm. in this, in this building? I think you've got one now. And so I'm going to defer to, there must be something about hall that they don't feel is there yet. And in fairness to them, he's not a second round pick. No, he's, he's a, he, he was a long shot from the get go. When, yeah. when, when, when they decided that they that they weren't going to trade up or they weren't going to draft their their like real quarterback of the future first round or second round huh? even when, didn't Will Levis fall like to the third or like mm-hmm. late like they could have had like a Will Levis they didn't want and yeah. they didn't like they him. Didn't want him and so yeah they pa- they passed on him they could have no, just they... taken him they passed on him yes. when they made the decision to wait until the fifth round to draft a quarterback the chances of that guy being your quarterback of the actual future are so small so you know they're just as of right now they're just in how can we beat the next team on the schedule? How can we get some of these passes out on time? You know, there's that one scramble that Dobbs picked up a first down, and we reviewed it with Alex Boone a couple days ago. Nice job, like 12-yard, 15-yard scramble. He's using his legs, and then they pan to the sidelines, and Kevin O'Connell's like, it was like the Bruce Boudreaux uh, meme or gif on Twitter where he's, ah, and it, darn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kevin O'Connell's like, Dude, we had a 30-yard pass play gain over the top there if you just put that ball in the window with the timing it's supposed to. And so O'Connell believes that Nick Mullins can, uh, Nick Mullins can step in. Now, Nick Mullins, how much of a chance do they have over the next month is another question here if, if it's just Nick Mullins starting quarterback. So 17 starts in his career, 16 of them with the 49ers, 8 in 2018, which was Shanahan's second year and then eight more in 2020, both were Jimmy Garoppolo injury seasons. And then he started one game with the Browns last year. So in those 17 starts, just some information for you guys, Nick Mullins' teams are 5-12. and They do average 22 points per game offensively, which is interesting. I think last year you'd say, that's probably not enough, because the Vikings' defense is allowing like 25 or 26 points per game defensively. Well, the Vikings' defense is holding opponents under 20 points per game this year. And if you take away the first month, if you look at like the last two months of how that defense is playing, it's closer to like they're holding opponents to like two touchdowns a game. So if if he can just put up the 22 points per game that those offenses, mostly San Francisco, have averaged in his 17 starts, then they're going to win. Like they're, they're not going to win every game, but they're the margin would be like a plus four or plus five points. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm kind of looking at it that way too. And in some other seasons, bringing in a backup quarterback with how bad the Vikings defense has been, like the last two years of Zimmer, and then last year with Ed Donatel at the helm, it's like all right, well you got to go score 27 points or 30 points to feel comfortable. You probably only need to score 20 or 21 points to to have a legitimate shot to win most of the games left here in in the last month of the season. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. 
It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, yeah, I would even say, you know, what Nick Mullins has been able to do. And again, with a mad scientist and Kyle Shanahan, who can not plug in next to anyone, but like Nick Mullins has had moments with San Francisco. And obviously the Vikings weapons and arsenal here is good. Like he's not having to step in and play with the Cardinals. You know, like he's he's got a really good infrastructure. And I know the offensive line's a little shaky right now. There's been some injuries. But in general, when you have Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, an encouraging rookie wide receiver, and let's just call it an average running game, um, you can get by with beating a also beaten up team in Cincinnati. It's not a guarantee. You're, I think the Vikings are, what, three-point underdogs going mm-hmm. into that game in Cincinnati. So, I mean, the Bengals are favored. But Nick Mullins has had moments, and that's why you did trade for him. That's why we were pounding on the table to not have Sean Manning as a backup going into 2022 because eventually a quarterback's going to get injured. Not, we didn't think it was the extent of an Achilles tear, but if that quarterbacks get hurt, look at all the starting quarterbacks that are injured right now in the NFL. It's There's 11, 11 backups scheduled to start this week in yeah. the NFL. Should be a yeah. great QB cesspool, too, by the way. Very much looking forward Tommy to Tommy DeVito starting, though, and he's not a backup now. He's your starter. He's a Tom franchise Mullins, guy, I know. Tommy Mullins, DeVito. Mullins can step in and obviously win some games, which is important. So I, I, I do understand why they have to go to Nick Mullins, too. So th- this game in particular to me is interesting because I would say Kevin O'Connell is going to have to have as good of game from an OC type standpoint as Brian Flores has had continually this year. Um, this is going to be like, like, yes, Nick Mullins will be the front of the house front facing guy. Right. But you can't just be like, Hey Nick, you know what? I got my pocket passer back. Let's go to it. And, and if you do look at, at his stats, Phil, as, you were talking about there definitely uh, are some problems with fumbles. And I think he's only what thrown four more touchdown passes than picks in, in his mm-hmm. career as a whole. So this is going to be imperative too that O'Connell has a great game himself. And I would say this, this term has become overused and I think it gets confused because there's about, there's about uh, three to five different categories, but I would say at the heart of this start for Mullins, he is going to have to be asked to manage the game as brilliantly as possible. Like if you, there cannot, and I don't think that KOC would do this, but there can't be an expectation that, you know, I sort of got my Kirk guy back. Yes, he's a pocket passer, but you're also going to have to say, what can this guy do literally to score some points, but just as importantly, and this is what you don't have to necessarily do with a starting quarterback, what can he do not to train wreck the game? And and more importantly well, then is the OC, what can I do as the play caller not to put him in that position? And that's what, I mean, Josh Dobbs train wrecked a couple games for you, Correct. right? That's And that's where Correct. Like, Kirk Cousins in the five years, six years he's been with the Vikings has very rarely train wrecked games. And, you know, that's, that is something you're trying to avoid. And I do have some bad news for you on that front. So let's go into the, the next phase of getting to know Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. So... Let me give you let, let's let's look at his career stats in some key categories. If you took like all right, here's Nick Mullins in the 17 starts. Let's take those 17 starts worth of stats and compare them to this year's NFL rankings of quarterbacks. So his his career yards per attempt would actually be 6th among. So there's some good news in here. Uh yards per attempt would be 6th. Now some of that is dude, like that Shanahan offense when when it's dialed up and you've got a fully healthy allotment of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and 
a lot of those concepts are just scheming wide open skill position players and it's yards after the catch. So it's nice to play in that system. Your yards per attempt go up because of yards after the catch and everything else. Sack avoidance. He would be fifth. He doesn't take a lot of sacks despite being, no, it helps to have Trent Williams as your left tackle over here. And, but the Vikings have good tackles. I think they're, so many times we equate sacks to just, it's just an offensive line stat. It's much, much more of a quarterback stat than people give credit to. You know, Peyton Manning had seasons where he was taking like 11 sacks all year. Yeah. Not because he's Lamar Jackson moving out of the pocket or not because, yeah, he had, you know, Jeff Saturday's a Hall of Famer up front, right? But like, Charlie Johnson was his left tackle right. for a year. <laughs> yep. Getting the ball out and moving in the right spots, there's an art to that. And I will say that Nick Mullins in his 17 starts, is great at sack avoidance, okay? Here's where it gets eh, a little more questionable. His career QBR would rank 24th among this year's quarterbacks. His career passer rating would rank 21st, so not a total train wreck. Actually, He'd actually be right behind Matthew Stafford on that list this year. His career interception rate, so percentage of attempts that are interceptions, would be 30th. So he's, he's very interception happy, as Judd pointed out, the INT stats. Um, and his PFF grade overall for his career would slide in 32nd among current NFL quarterbacks. When he's under pressure, this is the worst thing. This is what I worry about the most is, hey, when it's a clean pocket and he's got weapons, he's probably going to make some good in-rhythm, on-time throws. In 2020, among 36 qualified quarterbacks, he had the fourth worst PFF grade under pressure. In fact, uh, let's see here. One almost one in every eleven plays for him was a turnover-worthy play when he was pressured, which is not good. And he threw two touchdowns and seven interceptions when pressured, with only four and a half yards per attempt. So, like when he's pressured, not only does he not play well, but he has a chance to kind of sabotage you with interceptions. So that that's the biggest thing to watch out for on Saturday. The Bengals are, um, I, I actually checked this out this morning. The Bengals, I believe, have 35 sacks, which is tied for 16th or 17th. So they they don't get, like, they're good, but they don't get um, an, a top five pressure rate as far as sacks go, at least the results. What concerns me here more than the quarterback, because, again, I think this, this is a quarterback who's going to have to be managed heavily to get the most from him. What concerns me most is the health of, Brian O'Neill, who they they had a walkthrough yesterday, the Vikings did, but they had to issue an injury report because it's it's the technically Wednesday uh, mm-hmm. since the game's on Saturday, and O'Neill did not take part. Ed Ingram took part with the with his injury, but he was he w- would have been limited. And then the question is, Dalton Reisner twisted his a- ankle as well, which is the same thing O'Neill did, and he came back in that game. But I think what I'm I think the thing I'm most concerned about right now is the health of that line. Now, Quisenberry, I think, as we talked about, PFF-wise, graded out pretty well on Sunday. But that being said, O'Neal is a Pro Bowl type of player. So that does definitely concern me. Uh, but there is no question, too, as far as whatever the Vikings have at running back, Saturday, you're going to have to rely on the run game to a certain degree. There's just yep. no question about it. You have to, and O'Connell has to. Here's one more question on just like the next month here with Nick Mullins. Is there any chance this could be a, a Case Keenum situation where 
Keenum was your now Keenum played the whole year almost. He right. he started like thirteen or fourteen games, but right. Keenum had been in the league as I think Mullins was undrafted, right? Pretty sure out of Southern Mississippi. Yeah, Southern he was undrafted. Uh, Case Keenum, who was the currently still the top yardage passer in college football history, I don't think mm-hmm. his records at Texas Tech so. have been broken or Houston. He went to Houston, uh, but he had been in the league as an undrafted guy for a handful of years. He had racked up like 15 or 20 starts, just like Nick Mullins racked up 17 starts with a losing record, like pr- pretty well under 500. Showed you some flashes here and there. And then uh, he steps in to a great situation. Now, the difference is Mullins was in a great situation with like those San Francisco teams were going right. to Super Bowls and making right. playoff runs. And, and then they took a dip with Nick Mullins. So that's probably the, the counter argument. But. I mean, is there a chance that, hey, you just get a guy in here. He's a professional quarterback. He's been in the league for a handful of years. He's started enough games. He's got weapons to throw to. He's got a franchise left tackle. Is there a chance they go three and one and now all of a sudden, like, maybe, you know, there's a chance to win the division? Could there be a Case Keenum situation here? There could be, but I think it's going to have to be. And I, I think this is the one thing that we forget about uh, the Keenum year in 2017. It would have to be in in conjunction, I guess, with O'Connell being outstanding as well. Because the one thing about, you know, we don't talk about probably enough what Pat Shermer meant to Keenum. Oh, yeah. Pat Shermer had an unbelievable year. I'll, I will I will go to my grave saying that's one of the greatest years you will I will ever see a Vikings OC have. It I mean he called he dialed up the right place consistently. Whatever he was doing. And, and it was so successful that I feel like OCs get lost in the, well, yeah, of course they're playing well. But I think that if O'Connell manages this right, you know, could you win three games? Absolutely. Detroit's not playing well. Green Bay's a wild card type of team, right? So it's not like you're you're staring down the barrel of, oh, my God, you got to go to Philadelphia and then play San Francisco or something like that. So, yes, I think there is a chance, but I think it would very much be in conjunction with O'Connell, again, being essentially as good a play caller as Flores has been defensively. And that's a lot, a lot to ask, but you know, I, I do think O'Connell to his credit, I do think he probably at the end of the day milked as much as he could from the Dobbs experiment. But eventually, as we talked about with case, Phil at the time, the glass slipper has to go back. But that's, you know, that's what's amazing about just like quick side street. I'm not saying he's, he doesn't deserve any criticism and he's been perfect. There's been things to nitpick with Kevin O'Connell, but like the people that are mad at O'Connell or want to like instantly replace O'Connell with Brian Flores. And it's like, dudes, he's on his fourth starting quarterback. The season started with a machine gun fire of fumbles that cost them games, right? Like these weird fluke fumbles on the, they fumbled four times on the freaking goal line in the first month of the season. And through all of it, four starting quarterbacks, a record number of fumbles in the first month of the season. Through all of it, they're sitting here with like a 60% chance to make the playoffs and be one of the only teams in NFL history to overcome an 0-3 start. And every, and like feels like everyone's sitting here like, Brian Flores is the... Is, it's like, okay, Flores is a... Yes, but Kevin O'Connell hired Brian Flores as his coordinator. So Kevin O'Connell gets credit in this building process too for a lot of what's happening on the defensive side of the ball as the leader of an organization. I think that's a loud group though. Right. Like I, I think that's a loud Cause yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like that whole thing is, and 
O'Connell does deserve some credit for for those one plus or two games in, in which Dobbs was good too. Yeah, like like he like those don't just get dismissed. He took a guy who got here, and yes, Dobbs is it's a great story for Dobbs. But he literally took a guy what after three or four days who had arrived here in a trade and had no idea what he yeah. was doing. He didn't know the and, names, and he let him down the field yeah. via via basically saying. Let's not huddle so I can talk to you as long as possible. Yeah. Like that's that's a story that probably it sounded cute at the time, but if you really think about that, it's pretty damn impressive and it's impressive from both sides, not yep. just Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. On the Case Keenum part, I think there's actually like a lot of ridiculous comparables here. So, obviously Case had Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph was still pretty good. Obviously Mullins has Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkins and Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. this offensive line I think is actually better than 2017's when everyone's fully healthy. I better left tackle, so better right better tackle. tackle. Brian O'Neill wasn't there yet. So the infrastructure's there. And Pat Shermer did coach his ass off to put Case Keenum in the right situations. But like Kevin O'Connell is obviously, even though he's only been a head coach for, you know, what, 25, 30 games, I think he's more of a trustworthy head coach than Pat Shermer too. So like there is a ridiculous amount of comparables on top of two, by the way, the 2017 defense being the best in the NFL and this Flores defense also being really good. There is some, like there is some substance to get lost in the sauce of a case Keenum run here with Nick Mullins plugged in as the starting quarterback. Yeah, The defensive thing is, is interesting because that was the number one defense in the NFL allowing 16 points a game. This is the number five defense in the NFL allowing 18 and a half points a game. So there's, they're, they're only like maybe two and a half or three points off from each other, which, you know, that, that can be a lot, but they're top right. five, top five defenses. Keenum wasn't being asked to go and light it up like he was in college at, at Houston for 500 yards a game. He was being asked to go out there, hit your weapons, get the ball out. Don't, don't train wreck games. He tried to a couple times, probably had some luck on interceptions that weren't returned for, for big gains. Oh but yeah, he took chances. Is. There's some, there's some he comparison. took chances. The comparable, the comparable that is probably the most concerning is this. If if you guys recall, the Keenum magical carpet ride began to come to an end when I think it was Nick Easton who was the what right guard broke his leg in Green Bay or broke his ankle, and then and then that they moved Remmers from like right tackle to left guard and they started mm-hmm. to screw around. Um, and I guess the comparable here is if the offensive line, like if you are down O'Neal now for a game or two games, if you are down guys, offensive line wise, um, we probably never focused on that enough, Yeah. but that, but that became a problem. And that's a potential comparable. If Brian O'Neal is out, like, I'm sorry, that's a, and Quisenberry, God bless him, played well. Quisenberry is one deal. of the three highest graded players. You that's still might a, remember that, that from yesterday. Judd guesses still, the PFF I, I do remember that, but that's still a that's still going to be a sticking point if he's out for. Oh, you know, thought he looked pretty season. good, Quisenberry. I might look to trade yeah. Brian O'Neill after what I saw oh, on Sunday. Oh, don't this don't even that. suggest that. Remember <laughs> when I said they might be getting some calls on Darisaw? And I spent the next like month being just torched by, well, by the fan you, base. If you like, if you like Quisenberry, maybe you can get a second round pick for O'Neal. I don't hey, let's mock, mock here. Mock! Let's mock here. We do have the CBS Sports 4.0. This mock presented by our friends at AG1. Handful of years ago, yours truly, in an effort to uh, up my uh, nutrition game, I discovered AG1 products, which really put a just 
a nice jolt in my morning, sometimes in my afternoon, depending on when I would scoop that scoop in with my water. 75 high-quality ingredients, important daily nutrients. Um, it really it doesn't take the place. Like you, should, you should still eat healthy, but it's just great nutritional insurance that helps support your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, immune support. And so if you'd like to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs. I actually just, for my last order, I just got the travel packs this time because I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm bouncing around different places, and so it's nice to have those travel packs. Uh, go to drinkag1.com slash purpledaily. That's drinkag1.com slash purpledaily uh, and check it out. So also, uh, let's shout out to our friends over at Nutrisource. Speaking of health foods and healthy things, oh, good, good for you. Maya Mackey is all about the Nutrisource chicken and rice. Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily and Score North, gentlemen. Yep. And Stella, guess what? That little girl, that look came because she said, uh, you know what, old man? We are out of treats. And Nutrisource treats, there's nothing more important. And I said, all right. So I got in the car, drove to my local Chuck and Don's. And of course, they are well stocked. Yes with treats. And so this morning she came inside from doing her duty and was very happy to see Nutrisource treats. We got a birthday coming up here for Vinnie boy. I got my birthday on Friday. Uh, Vinnie boy's birthdays on Christmas Eve. And, you know, I, now I don't think I'll dabble in the Nutrisource treats, although they smell so good. I, I kind of do want to take a bite. Uh, you know, you don't get pictures like this with birthday boys, unless you have some Nutrisource treats in front of you. So very excited for a, a, a nice little celebratory uh, birthday weekends for me and Vinnie boy. Yeah. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer. Chuck and Don's is a great one uh, near you. Okay, boys, here we go. It's mock time. I want a mock. Mock. Mock season is ramping up. We keep track of every mock we do on this show and on our other podcasts so that we can see, okay, what, what are the sort of the consensus trends? Uh, we've done six of them so far. Michael Penix twice goes to the Vikings. Bo Nix went to the Vikings a couple weeks ago, PFF mock. And then there's uh, other sporadics like edge rusher Jared Verse from Florida State a week ago on the Pro Football Network mock. But let's see what the CBS Sports 4.0 mock says. I, I'm just going through this as you guys are. I have not scrolled all the way down. Caleb Williams, number one to the Patriots. Oh, interesting. In a simulated trade here. They're trading already. 4.0. Well, yeah, 4.0, man. This is great. No time to waste. So then the bear, the Bears would pick up some draft capital here, move back, and take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number two pick. And then let's keep going here. Uh, whoa, whoa. With the number four pick, <laughs> the second quarterback off the board, Jaden Daniels from LSU. Oh, wow. I think this is the first mock we've seen go rogue here on the quarterback order, right? It definitely is. It's the first wow. one we've read that's gone rogue, 100%. Oh, we're not even to the, we're two months from the combine, and we're already doing this. Well, this is genius of them, by the way. With the sixth pick bouncing around here, the third quarterback off the board, Drake May. Okay. Okay. Uh, Joe Alt, Minnesota zone, Notre Dame zone. The big offensive tackle goes to the Jets at seven. Let's see here. I'm looking for quarterbacks. Who took Mayfield? Who, who took Drake oh, May? Uh, sorry, the Giants. Okay. The Giants, my bad. All right, we got, uh, okay. Wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What did I say? Drake May, Giants. Okay, so now we have fourth quarterback off the board at 11. 
to the Raiders, Michael Penix Jr. So if if four quarterbacks are off the board here, Judd, I know you'd look to go edge. We we have to kind of see like where's the gap? Like, are there four right. legitimate edge rushers? That's the thing we don't really. Right. I guess we can talk to our guys on Purple Daily on draft: Declan, Tyler, Fornis, mm-hmm. and Miles mm-hmm. Gorm. Uh, okay, scrolling. You see me scrolling. No more quarterbacks, no more quarterbacks. So we get to 21. Here we go. The Vikings are on the clock with the 21st overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. The Minnesota Vikings select out of the University of Illinois defensive lineman Jerzan Newton. I want a mock. Mock. He is a six foot two, two hundred ninety-five pound beast defensive lineman. Newton played on an Illini defense that included number five overall pick Devin Witherspoon last year, and a couple day two selections. The defensive lineman will be the next in line to hear his name called from Illinois early in the draft. They could definitely use yep. something other than a jag on their defensive line, right? So yeah, there you have. Yeah. It. So, but, so uh, no they other quarterback. Flores, Flores sticks around, gets a huge pay increase, and they say we'll draft a defensive guy first round for you. And you know, if this happens, and so the, those were the only four quarterbacks in the first round, you'd still have, you know, JJ McCarthy in the second round, Bo Nix in the second round. There's J- Jalen Hurts was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson was the last pick in the first round. So. You could go like defensive line and then second round you could still draft a talented quarterback. I wonder if a guy like McCarthy or Nix though would go late first round to get the fifth year mm-hmm. option. But mm-hmm. but again, you know what? Stuff changes. Like mm-hmm. I mean, at, at this time, well, hell, for months. How how long did, did we have Levis going in mock drafts Four, like top fourth five? overall? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. And then he free fell. So yeah. Who knows? So all right. Well, this was just a little little bonus. Little bonus purple daily for you guys here 4.0. today. 4.0. We're at 4.0. Dude, season's go, not CBS. even over. Dude, yeah, the, I, CBS, you can do a 5.0 before Christmas. Come on, guys. Let's make it happen. So, all right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Vikings have their fourth starting quarterback of the year. We will hit you with our write that down predictions and an accountability session on another episode on this Wednesday. We will see you guys later today.